0: Welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy! I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to glamawards.net, click the tab for people's choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell that dancing diva at the bar, the cutie slinging the drinks, and the DJ spinning the tracks. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. Now what you're about to listen to is an episode that I've been holding onto for a while. Why? Is it only being released now? Well, Daddy was busy! A lot has happened since this interview was conducted, so be sure to follow this bitch to fill in the blanks. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at Michael Block Talk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. When they say dance your heart out, my next guest is the epitome of it. It's the fabulous Daniel Gold, how are you?
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm good, just enjoying this little morning glow.
0: Right? It, listen, uh, most of the time I don't wake up before noon, so this is a treat, you're very, you're, you're welcome.
1: Well, thank you for giving me the honor.
0: I, I'm very excited to have you um, because y- you've made such a name for yourself in New York <laughs> nightlife over the past couple of years.
1: Well, thanks. I I try, you know, give back to the community and everything. And and we're going to talk about just
0: that. um, But before we get there, it's always important to learn about you. So I love to start at the beginning and ask you, where are you from?
1: So I'm from, I'm Texas born and Jersey Mm -hmm. raised. I'm from a little town in Texas called Tyler, Texas. And then Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I moved to Jersey until I left to go to Boston. And now I'm in New York.
0: Um, all right let, let, we'll, let's start Texas and we'll go to Jersey then Boston because <laughs> I have roots in two of them and I know about Tyler Texas because I wrote um, I wrote a musical once um, and there was characters that were uh, originally from Tyler so I'm familiar with the um,
1: the town wait i'm actually screaming because anytime i say tyler texas people just stare at me blankly like i have seven heads and I'm uh, like... so
0: i hit i wrote a, a little musical that was part of a nymph um in 2017 called the gory Old girl string band um mm-hmm. about the gory state farm and the the band the the female um string band that came out of it during the times of radio uh yeah. and one of the characters originally was from tyler
1: oh there you oh. go um memories from there um because I was so young but I was mm-hmm. old enough to learn how to speak there and then basically when that accent started coming in we moved to New Jersey which is why no one can tell where I'm from from correct
0: I mean I'm from New Jersey and I think I have a, a, a pretty neutral um whatever though when I did go to school in Boston um it was when I learned that I say the word water weird because I say water um I don't say the In New Jersey, we don't say the intermediate T's. Oh
1: yeah, water, 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 enter. See now I'm thinking about it too much, so you're gonna have to catch me off guard at some point.
0: (laughs) Now, now, where in New Jersey did you grow up?
1: Jackson, right next to the Six Flags, where I get to do um, their Halloween main stage shows, the Awakening that opens the park, and then I also do. With uh, my partner in crime, uh, Patty Ryan. she and I go back and create the Dead Men's Party that's been happening there for like, mm. I think it's now like 24 years. So I'm like, oh.
0: I couldn't even tell you the last time I was at Six Flags Great Adventure. Um, but it, it's a staple when you are from New Jersey, you have to go there for at least one like school trip or, or camp trip or something.
1: It was actually my first job. My first job oh. when I was 16 was actually dancing in the show that now me and Patty are creating for them every year. So do you,
0: do you have a favorite ride there?
1: Ooh. I really love Superman. I'm not mm-hmm. a big, I'm not a crazy ride person. Like King I went on once, but then I heard the horror stories of like, when you go up and then it shoots back. And I went, mm-hmm. "No, man, I'm not doing that ever again and there
0: are some roller coaster aficionados who beg for that to happen
1: and they want people, that experience i say i am not playing with death. if that's your prerogative right. baby that's for you good for you not for me
0: <laughs> all right so from new jersey to boston what brought you to boston
1: school just school Where'd for years. I went to Boston Conservatory and yeah. I was studying to get my BFA in contemporary dance with the emphasis in jazz um, composition or composition. I didn't decide because I didn't end up finishing college. I left to go out on tour. So yeah, it was a do pretty short experience. Do you feel
0: yeah. it was the right decision for you at the time?
1: And now I still would not change anything. If I could just cut those two years out of going to school, I would, or actually I did get a lot better my freshman year. I'm just not a school person. I'm a big believer in like practicing like your craft in Mm -hmm. more Mm -hmm. practical sense. I learned so much more being on the road and being on these jobs with like veterans like who toured before on my first job. And then when I started working around the country and on music videos and all that stuff, Everything I learned was on the job and through the connections that I made. So it's one of those things where I'm like, it was the perfect time, perfect place.
0: I contemplated going back to school
1: for playwriting and Mm. I
0: thought, am I actually going to learn anything or am I going to make the connections for after I graduate?
1: Exactly. And it's just like-
0: That's the the trouble with degrees in the arts is what are you actually learning? Is it really more about the connections you make? And I feel like- every connection that I ever made through Boston University was for my life as a professional, not for what I learned in school.
1: Yeah, and also like, I don't know. As much as like modern ballet has a place in my heart, my career was never gonna be like pretending to be a rock or a tree upstage left like while people are sprinting around the stage like peeing on themselves. Like that's not my goal. That's not all no. modern dance, but like there's some crazy stuff out there and I'm like, hey, I'm all about camp and quirky and like just bonkers stuff, but there's a line for me when I'm That's performing fair. something and I'm just like, uh-uh, not my vibe, not my vibe.
0: <laughs> now, when did theater and dance enter your life?
1: Um, so it's not like a really epic story. I just it was one of those scenarios where I went to karate class to like try and follow my brother's footsteps I guess but I realized that I hated violence because then when I saw mm-hmm. like the first like they were teaching us how to parch and I was like a little gay boy just like yeah and I was like not for me not the vibe and then my parents were like you have too much energy we have to put you in something so then they put me in tap class and then I started in all the others like progressively over the years theater was kind of uh interesting transition because I live more in the commercial dance world so mm-hmm. when I went to my first theater audition it was actually for an immersive theater moment with Andrew Barrett Cox he wrote Clubland and we did a workshop mm-hmm. of that at American Repertory Theater which is where then I got into the donkey show with the Tony award winner Diane Paulus and then mm-hmm. from there I just kept like seeing random things to try out like when I like Boca was really expensive so realistically mm-hmm. I was kind of like I don't know if I can make it all four years so then I went to an audition and when I went to that first audition it was for the Beauty and the Beast tour that my friend recommended I should just go in for and I booked it and then I was like oh I guess like I should stick around this theater life for a bit but I will say a theater is Time and place for me. Like, I'm not going to go in for singing in the rain. I'm more like
2: mm-hmm.
1: rocky horror, zombie prom, like bodyguard, wedding, anything that's like not like your classic golden age world. Cause that's just not where I live, especially now that I'm on both sides of the table and can be a little bit more picky. And also, I've gotten back into being mainly commercial dance so it's kind of one of those things where it's just like if a contract works out and i want to do it great but i'm not like throwing myself out there theater world anymore because it's just you got to learn where your place is and where your role is in the community and just like the old school stuff is just not my cup of tea respect absolutely
0: now of course it may not be your cup of tea but of course you probably learned about the choreographers of the golden age.
1: Oh, yeah. And especially now that they're doing all these revivals, um, I do wish some of the revivals were a little bit more creative, um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to talking about, like, the level of diversity in some of these revivals. But, I mean, that could be a whole podcast in itself, so we don't oh, need absolutely, to go absolutely. Far down that. <laughs> um,
0: I mean, I, I will say I'm very, very excited. I can't wait to go see Dancing when it comes back um, very soon. Um, because I'm a diehard Fosse fan and that show's going to be about the dance as opposed to the music.
1: Yes which I'm excited to see a lot of my friends really get their moment there's a lot of probably debuts in that and I'm just really excited to see like we have six which I'm obsessed with I'm sure Hibiscus and Katrina and all of them can also say they are, Um, but when it comes to all of these shows that are like sixes that are like strictly about the music and like all of these song cycles and things, I've kind of been waiting for the dance theater world to kind of pick up again because it seems like we're kind of doing the, oh, history repeats itself. And we're going more into like singer heavy and then dancer heavy shows rather than it being combined anymore. So I'm happy to see that the dancers are getting a spotlight finally, because I feel like there's so many times where it's really just taken a backseat still, which, why, who knows? It's boring.
0: (laughs) So you went on tour. What brought you to New York? Was it to continue the dance world or did you want to go and be like, you know what? Touring is fun, I get to see the country, I get to see the world.
1: Um, Touring is honestly just something I've always wanted to do. And the fact that I've been on multiple tours has been fun. Um, Because I did Beauty and the Beast and then I did the first national Broadway Rival of the Miss Saigon uh, tour that was out right before COVID and shut down because of COVID, which was sad, but... um. Yeah. Touring is just really fun. I would do it again in a heartbeat. I would love to tour like backup dancer for like Katy Perry, Ava Max, Gaga, Pink, definitely Pink. She's mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I would tour again in a heartbeat if I could. New York, I, my family is in New Jersey still. And then my fiance is also, he's a theater performer. So Broadway for him is like one of his big goals and I just, we both have so much that we can do as artists in New York. So that's why we've stayed here. I don't know if I see us staying here for like the sure. rest of my life, but we'll probably always be around New York. Like, I don't see a point in me leaving. I could see me becoming bi-coastal, but that's as far away as I could probably do.
0: As a choreographer, describe
2: yourself in three words. Uh
1: energetic athletic and cartoony
0: all right i'm here for that do you have any getting getting ready traditions or warm-ups that you do before a class or a performance or a show
1: (laughs) showing up five minutes before prepared that's it
0: Uh (laughs) uh-huh are you someone who is actually always like on time, late, or or because as a theater person, I was always, as a stage manager, I was like, if you are not early, you are not on time.
1: Okay, so I think being too early is actually a waste of time. In my mm-hmm. personal opinion, I think you should be early. I think like five to 10 minutes, fine. But I don't want to get somewhere 30 minutes early just to get there 30 minutes early. That doesn't make sense to That's me. That's fair. Like, if you're in a tech rehearsal and, like, your call is 30 minutes before you go on stage, that makes sense. I don't get the people that are like, oh, I get everywhere an hour early. Why? You could be doing so much in that hour. Like, that's true, that's true.
0: Um, I I think I have always been terrified of the MTA. So I'm like, I'm going to buffer extra time because I'm not going to let those motherfuckers have the advantage on me.
1: Fair. I do always try, I try to always leave um 10 to 15 minutes of a buffer beforehand that's why i'm like "Eh, if i get somewhere 10 minutes i don't mind but also i am a big wanderer where it's Mm -hmm. like sometimes if i'm going somewhere i've never been before i have to give myself a little extra time because even though i know how to read a regular map for some reason the iphone map really throws me off and like i'll just be walking three avenues over and be like wait that's not correct
0: (laughs) (laughs) who are some of your inspirations as a performer
1: Uh, I have a lot actually. I'm really inspired specifically from, it's very random, but a lot of anime Mm because I really love the way that those artists paint their pictures and the way that my brain works is I feel like I see flashes of photos of concepts in my brain so quickly. It's kind of like a stop motion picture in my brain. Um, but then it's just finding the through line in between. And one thing that I've always loved in anime is like the fight scenes or like the travel scenes where you see like all of these frames going so fast and I'm just like, (gasps) work. And I want, that's essentially like where I pull a lot of like how fast I go and how energetic and athletic it is because I love virtuosic movement. Um, And then I'm also really inspired by, more so local artists than I am like known names as far as known names go I'm really inspired by pink I think she's epic I think she's one thing that I always strive for is any project I'm on I want it to be better than the last Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't want to be stagnant because also like you get left in the dust I mean like you look at even like thinking about the nightlife world and everything you look at people like Jerry Vine, and you look at um, Shaquita, like these people who've been in the game for a while and you see them leveling up, even Sasha Colby, like who's on this season of Drag Race, like it's nice to see somebody who's been around the block in the trans community long enough to see where it was to where it is now, but also see when artists like that, similar to Pink, where it's like, they know that they need to adapt and also keep growing. Like they're not people that I ever see just like doing one note.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think growth and being able to adapt to the times and and the trends, it's important as an artist because you have to keep giving something new to the people who admire you because if you keep it stale, they get bored.
1: Also, it's cool. Like at the end of the day, like if you can make a living just doing your craft, that's fucking cool. It's true. That's like, let's do it. Like, why not? And if you don't like doing it, then why are you doing it? It's a very, it does not pay that well. And it's not easy. So anytime people are like jaded or like, hate like what they do in the arts, I'm like, then leave go away. No one's, no one's holding a gun to your head and being like, Oh my God, please like perform eight nights a week or perform or like paint this like X amount of times or sing this a thousand times. Like, just don't fucking do it. It's no, true. No, there's not many things in this world that like bother me. I do not like laziness. And I don't like people that just like complain because more times than not what you're complaining about, you can fix. You can't control what other people are doing. That's their life, that's them. But you, if you're complaining about the work field that you are a part of, just leave, just leave. Go away. 15. Very cool to just leave. <laughs>
0: So when a writer gets an idea, they can write it down. When an artist gets an idea, they can draw it out. As a choreographer, if you get an idea, what do you do with it?
1: Wow, I honestly, I'm also randomly one of those people that doesn't sleep for long periods of time. So like I'll be in my bed in the morning and if like I have my head buds next head buds, what are they called? Air buds, no, air buds of the dog. AirPods airpods so those are next to me then i'll like just plug in listen to music and i'll like naturally just be like coming up with stuff um it's kind of one of those things that the second i have a concept if it's just a performance concept i'll immediately write it down then i'll whenever i have time just like take a moment to figure out what music will match this then from that music, I just start seeing pictures in my brain. And sometimes I'll draw <laughs> little sick figures to figure out like, okay, so if it's like this, and sometimes I try writing it down. Um, but when I write it down, then I look back at it and don't necessarily understand it. So the best Fair. thing for me is I'll just like, even if it's me just like high off my ass or like being silly with my friends in whatever way, I'll like record myself doing the one eight count I've thought of so that way I'll see that, and then I'll either expand on that the next time I'm being silly, or like if I have time and I'm bored, I'll just be like, well, eh, let's revisit this idea. And then your I'll your
0: phone huh? your phone must be filled with thousands of just recordings. Um, I
1: know some people have nudes and I have these like two second dance videos. I'm that's <laughs> that's my phone. I have nothing excited on here except for that. That's that
0: sounds like a a fun project for the future where you just take your bits from your phone that you never used and recycle them into one big number.
1: That would be really fun. I will say there was one time that (laughs) going back to like I like to always like level up, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll work. I'll record myself for when I'm teaching or like doing conventions or anything. I'll record a combo way ahead of time to try and be prepared and then when I'm looking back at it I'll be like oh I hate this so it'll be very interesting one day if I were to go all the way back because I probably <laughs> I've had this phone for two years now I think so like if I go all the way back just to the beginning of those two years and look at all the videos I'm sure I'll literally look at half of it and be like oh this is bad it's kind of like when we were all <laughs> doing virtual shows and like we thought we were like it like y'all couldn't tell us nothing we were like we're creating art during a pandemic yes and then it was like we watch it back now and we're like oh this was like this was kind of booger this like wasn't great
0: <laughs> it was certainly a specific time in the world
1: oh my god yeah some of my some of my friends that were getting really creative I was like this looks like it was shot in a movie set I mean I'm over here just like clipping people together like <laughs> room because I was like don't spend money we don't have money like we're fine let's just figure it's true
0: (laughs) now you are someone who does give back and we'll get to leg up on life shortly but you also give back in the form of instruction for dance yes what is it like being able to teach dance
1: um it kind of comes naturally to me I think that's because I started um choreographing earlier on um not like seriously choreographing on people earlier on but like I always had ideas on what I wanted to choreograph so I kind of figured out how to teach based off of that and then also all the classes that I take just so I can stay in shape and like learn how to be better um so I kind of just came to me a little naturally and it's really fun I like to do it especially if I like the people that are in the room um even if I don't though I'm a big believer in watching people's progress so it's like it's really fun for me personally when i see somebody get that light bulb moment that aha moment and i see them just feel more confident even if it's only about one move rather than like the whole class if i can see everyone in the room have one moment where they like genuinely look proud of themselves that's all i need to feel like i did a great job with that class
0: i love that is it possible to teach anyone to dance asking for a friend and by friend I mean me
1: I think yes but the person that you're teaching has to actually want to do it absolutely like I have many a time been asked to work with some of our gal pals in New York City and they just think it's gonna happen and I'm like no, you don't get to the level of dance that like Hibiscus or Essence or Petty or Brenda or any of those girls without actually putting in the work. Absolutely. and like, I'm so sorry. Like proof is in the pudding. If you're doing a split and you have a bent back leg, you shouldn't be doing a split. You're going to tear something. You're going to fuck up your knee. And that's because you're not a dancer. You're just a little flexible. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's just like just because you have the like body body type, quote unquote, or you have the facility or whatever and you have like natural rhythm. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to kill it as a dancer if you don't try. So if you at least me, if you come take my class or if you come, you want to do a private or people want to do a number, as long as I see people are game and actually want to do it. It's possible. Anything's
0: possible. I love that. I've told Hibiscus a couple of times I have a dream project I want to produce one day, uh, Dancing with the Drag Stars, where you have a drag artists paired up with another person in nightlife, someone like me or DJ Two-Face, someone like that, and oh. it's a celebration of teaching someone to dance and doing a routine together. It's my dream I project.
1: Wait, I love that. That's such a good idea. Right?
0: Well, we'll chat. We'll chat about it. Um, <laughs> but speaking of fun things that you do. Let's talk about the Glam Awards. Uh, Not only have you been nominated before, you took on the role of the show director this year. First off, what is it like to be nominated in this vast field of New York nightlife? And what is it like putting on this specific show?
1: It's an honor just to be nominated. Bullshit.
0: Uh, Uh, 10 time loser here.
1: (laughs) I've lost twice. so. Um, But getting nominated is really nice. Um, I'm also not somebody that like, really heavily promotes Mm
2: -hmm.
1: anything. Um, I'm not a big social media person. I'm good at promoting when I'm teaching. Actually, I forgot to promote that I'm teaching today. (laughs) LOL. But I'm okay at promoting things, like, online as far as, like, when the event's coming. But both times we were nominated for Night of Life for Best Nightlife Event. I... I didn't really post anything. People just did it because of their experiences with it, which felt Mm. really nice. Cause a big part of night of life and leg up on life is to get the community and like, feel like leg up on life, not only has created a community, but created a, accessibility and a way for artists to really bring their voice to the forefront and hopefully be exposed to new audiences. They might not have had before, or even I'm sure some of them were just attendees like that. They enjoyed it so much that they felt the love and just like had a good ass fucking time, but they were just like, yeah, let's give them a vote. As far as taking on the show director role, it was honestly wild. Like it was so interesting when I was reached out to, cause Jackie Huba um, from Fiercely You Entertainment, love her. She um, reached out, was like, would you be interested? I was like, yeah, sure. And it was like months, months ago. And then like when the time actually came, I kind of thought it was like one of those conversations where it's like, if it all happened, we'd keep talking about it. And then like when it came to, I think, maybe two or three months prior, I wanna say three, somewhere around then. Um, the conversation started back up again i was like cool i'm on board let's do it i was actually doing <laughs> i was performing in a show at the same time so i was gone on weekends from thursday to sunday night and then i only had monday tuesday wednesdays to actually do the rehearsals for the numbers so as show director this year it was a little bit different um love Vincent but Vincent didn't do the choreography for them too right. so i was also acting as like the choreographer for some of the performances which was really exciting cuz i got to work with um i've never actually worked with in a choreo choreographer dancer queen moment with egypt or Bren- brenda i actually met through the dance nominee number mm-hmm. uh i got to work with jace vegas for the first time which was also lovely um And then Jackie Cox is a dear friend of mine. So it was great to work with her again, but um, it was just really fun. And nightlife is a community that has welcomed me with open arms. And also I have so many friends involved in nightlife that have become my family that I just, I felt like it just made sense for me to do it. Um, Everything has bumps in the roads like always, but my goal was just to make it a night that the community can walk away feel like they were properly celebrated. Everybody's time was respected. That was a part of it and even attended it. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to make sure everybody had a good time. And from what I'm hearing, it seems like a good chunk of people- You achieved
0: that. I- that. You definitely <laughs> achieved that because listen, I've been to the glam awards where it started at 9.55 and we didn't get out of there till about two o'clock. And I'm like, I'm still a loser, but I'm sitting here because I'm respectful. Uh, so I thank you for respecting our time, and also no, it was a great show. I mean I, that that dance number—it's it, the number that I think we've all been waiting for. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we've seen the dance nominees perform before, but not in that capacity. Um, and getting to see these incredible artists, all of which I think have been on the podcast before, um, dance together—that was really special for me because they all bring their own style of art. But going together, it was such a cohesive, fun number. So congratulations on that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that was maybe one of my faves. Um, But it's also like, again, I had good friends in it too. So it was just Mm -hmm. like a good old kiki for the most part. Um, So it hardly felt like work putting that number together. It was just figuring out everyone's schedules, which that's just a headache for everybody, no matter what you're doing. So
0: (laughs) believe me, I have a degree in stage management. I understand. (laughs) All right. Established in 2017, you founded the extraordinary nonprofit Leg Up on Life. Tell us about it and how it became to be.
1: So in 2017, I don't know if you remember a fun little election that happened. So that wasn't great. Um, And prior to the election, I had been doing random little pop-up classes where it was like, donate what you can, $10. Um, I did like a bunch of like I would be a part of a lot of benefit shows or people would bring me in to do like a number for like a random gala. But then when I was random bar mitzvah at my synagogue, my dad's a rabbi, um, you had to do some sort of community service and I wanted to find a way to bring dance into activism. Couldn't figure that out because I was 12 and you don't know what the fuck you're doing when you're 12. right? Then 2017, I kind of figured out, oh, well, why don't we do a one-day class for Dancers Against Cancer? So then that was an event called Leg Up on Life. And then after that, I was like, wait, I want to do a show. So then I produced the first show, which was Leg Up on Life Showcase. And then after that is when my brain kind of just like clicked. And I went, oh, this is going to be a thing. So then I just like, Started coming up with different show ideas. We did Matriarch, which was an all-female identifying artist showcase that raised money for Planned Parenthood. We've done Queens for a Cause multiple times, which a lot of your guests have been a part of. Um, Then Night of Life is our big one, which happens twice a year now. We've done virtual ones, LOL, during COVID that raised money for our inaugural 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 show which was virtual to celebrate us becoming an official 501c3 um which is the tax deductible status that you need to be an official fi- uh, official nonprofit um so you don't go to jail um and then yeah it just like kept snowballing and it felt I don't know why I said something clicked and I said, I was going to start producing things that makes it sound like I had a big epiphany. It was just literally after the first show, something clicked in my brain with all these different ideas I had. Um, So I just found different ways to bring them to life up until COVID hit. um, I hadn't been under a nonprofit status or anything like that, but it was just under the leg up on life umbrella. And then I made the jump to make it an official nonprofit during COVID because what else was I gonna do? Um, Aside from smoke weed, drink, and watch whatever TV show reruns Cam and I were really wanting to do. (laughs) So we did that and then, yeah, it's just the more ideas I have, the more the shows grow and the more money we've raised. The next night of life is actually on Monday the 27th and we're, I believe we're over $40,000 just from Night of Life towards the Trevor Project. Um, all of our events are for different LGBTQIA plus or BIPOC organizations, research centers, health centers, community centers. Um, but right now, the big one is Night of Life. And then a Cause is going to be coming back in the spring at a more elevated level. It's going to be more of a production show. Um, still different from Night of Life because a Cause is only for... Um, Drag artists, singers, um, and they all get like, I think we said four to six dancers. So it'll be fun because it'll be like little mini production numbers, but it'll be at an actual venue rather than just being in a scenario of like everybody does one or two numbers and that's it. It's going to be everybody does a solo number and then a production number. And it'll go towards, uh, well, it'll go towards a charity that will be announced soon.
0: <laughs> Amazing! I mean, I remember the early days of Queens for a Cause. I attended a couple of them, and uh, yeah. again, a lot of uh, mutual friends of ours were a part of it, and it was really special. The West End see. Lounge. West End Lounge. Now I don't even know what's in there now. I'm not going to try to make a joke about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely grown. And it's amazing for me to see from the outside how much work you've put into all these projects and to see how much it's grown. I mean, I attended, um, I couldn't even tell you, which it was pre-pandemic, one of the legs up on life. But I think it must have been 2019 because I think you had Jax performing.
1: So that one was yeah. at, so, so that was yeah. Night of Life. Yeah, it was Night of Life at Sony. She did the 2019 spring. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Or no, mm-hmm. 2018, because yeah. that's also when Essence made a little appearance. Right, right,
0: right, right, yes, yes, I re- yes. Because uh, I remember the two of them freaking the fuck out what they were gonna do. Um,
1: it was the first Night of Life at Sony Hall too. So that was right. kind of, uh, that was like a big number memorable... Four
0: times, four times. <laughs> So obviously Night of Life is the big one. Why is this one important? Because again, it's not just drag artists. You have drag artists there, but it's more about the choreographers and the dancers. For you, why is this the big one?
1: Well, not to like correct you, but I try and make it so it's big. Night of Life is really my baby and it's more just Mm -hmm. to focus on celebrating life and art in general, which is why the headliners are, musicians, drag artists and choreographers. And then all the dancer submissions um, we give to all of the headliners for them to pick, um, which I know is very different from a lot of other scenarios around the city. But we, I would say out of the submissions of dancers, we used, I believe 40 to 50 new dancers to the show, which is exciting. But um, we also have a lot of brand new headliners. Katrina Lovelace has never been in it before and she's going to be doing it. Adriana Trenta is going to be doing it. Um, who The full House of Assassins is going to be doing it. Um, except I think Kimmy is going to be in Florida. So it's going to be the five of them without Kimmy. Um, I
0: can't figure out who's part of the House of Assassins on a given day. So good luck. Uh,
1: it's Cockman. It's Boudoir. It's Yasmin. It's Bree and Kimmy. And then and Gaga is the last okay. one. So it's six um, because Yasmin and Brie just joined. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, it's the six of them, but only five of them will be at Night of Life. Um, love Kimmy. It's just, she can't fly up every single time. Something of course, happens. of course.
0: It's <laughs> a surprise when she does come up now.
1: Exactly. And then Neon Calypso, who's my dear friend, mm. has done it a couple times. She'll be co-hosting with me. Um, and then musician wise, we actually have, oh, and hibiscus is like a staple essentially. Um, and then musician wise, we have Bella DiNapoli from the voice. And then we have Lamarco who's an amazing black queer artist. And then we also have, um, oh my God, my brain is blocked.
0: You got a lot of artists. I mean, go to the website. There
1: we go. Lady Pepper. Um, So I try to make sure that the spotlight is as much on them as it is the choreographers, especially because they all come up with their concepts. They all bring them to life, just like the choreographers do. Um, It's just the reason that there's more choreographers involved is because in the headliner listing, it doesn't show who's doing collaborative numbers. Like I do my own separate number. But I would I think three of the choreographers that are listed are actually collaborating with the musicians. So it's one of those things where like it looks like it's a more dance heavy thing, but it's just because every number in the show is some type of production number. And Night of Life is also just incredibly special to me because it's for the Trevor Project, which is an organization that. Without their resources, I can't confidently say that I would be here today just because of how much they helped me when I was younger, because I was bullied to the point of death threats, like people leaving threats on my phone, people leaving stuff at my doorstep, people like just writing horrible things. Like I was doing some not great things to my body to try and deal with that. And then I did have a few attempts um, at suicide, but it's organizations like the Trevor project that have given me and a lot of other queer youth um, the resources and honestly, just the communication to get the help that they need. Um, so they're really special to me. So that's another reason why. And plus it's lucky number seven. So mm-hmm. let's do shit. So we're trying to break in and get um, minimum of, I'm hoping like four to four hundred fifty people there. That would be an amazing turnout. um because then we also have over a hundred artists involved. So it's like I want to make sure that if they're donating their time and talent and energy, I want them to have Sony Hall packed, which absolutely
0: it does. If people want to get involved or donate, where should they go?
1: You can go to like up on life on Instagram. Or you can reach out to me, uh, DJP Gold, on all my social medias and message me. And I can send you the direct link. So that way you don't have to futz around with the link in bio, finding everything in the site. But yeah, just either reach out to me or reach out to like up on my on Instagram. Because uh, either myself or one of the board members will answer back nice and fast.
0: Amazing. Now, you have worked with Rue Girls or Future Rue Girls. And <laughs> many of your events. Yes. Um, are there any current Rue girls that you've yet to work with that you would die to have as a part of um, Night of Life?
1: I would love to have Lucy LaDuca, who's on this season, mm-hmm. because I've been friends with her for a decade. Um, but as far as people that I don't know that I would like to work with, um, I would die to work with Widow Von Du. I am honestly obsessed with Widow. Um, I really love Jaden are Fierce also.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like
1: she is so underrated and I do not understand why. Um, ben De La Creme, James Monsoon. I would love to work with Brooklyn Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jax and I have always wanted to actually do it like something together as opposed to her doing a solo number at one of my events. I would love to just collab. And like, even if it wasn't Night of Life, like I would just love to work with these queens because they're such brilliant artists. Um, I mean, granted she is overseas, but I also really love Davina DeCampo.
0: So do I so much.
1: And I would love to work with, Land inside I mean, I know now I'm drifting into more Dragula world because no, that's fine. I kind of am obsessed with Dracula a little bit more than the race, but um Land Insider. Actually, that's not true. I think it's just because I just rewatched Titans. I'm like in a rewatch phase right now. Okay, okay, okay. It always switches depending on like literally what I'm now, watching now
0: let, let, let's pause this for a second what re-watching titans are you feeling any better by what the fuck we watched for an entire season
1: I loved the season I'm not gonna lie I really loved the season I do think I was a little confused by some choices that were made by some of the artists um the, the, ol- the only real thing that I was confused about was the ending just like We're walking down a hall. Boom, there's a picture. And I was like, what? And they're
0: defending it. They're completely defending it. I'm like, no, something happened because you don't do Victoria that dirty. You can't do her that dirty.
1: I don't know what it was. And it's one of those things where it's like, especially working with a TV show, like there's always going to be certain production aspects that we'll never know. And we weren't there for We can speculate as much as we want. I mean, like, Honestly, that was who I wanted in the top three for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I would have loved to see Eva up there. Um, Eva's another person that I would love to have. Coco Kane, I'm obsessed with. Now I gotta be real, Coco Kane, If she were to all of a sudden be like, hey, I've seen your benefits online or something like that. Can I be a part of one? Or even if she just wanted to come to one, I would literally be like, Yes, 100% anything you want. I am obsessed with her. Um I'm I really love Landon Insider. They're also just such a nice person. When I was on a gig um with Jackie, we were doing this little Christmas Queen not little, Uh we were doing a MMP Presents Christmas Queens that they did the pay-per-view thing for and um they were sharing a dressing room and you know not everyone is like very warm to dancers and like respects everybody. Mm -hmm. Landon, hands down, one of my favorite people I've ever met on a job. Not just a drag race situation or Dragula situation, but like fully like as artists go, I have like a very short list of people that I loved meeting and the respect level and Landon Sider is like towards the top, hands down. Oh, I'd also like to work with Raja and Delta Work. And that's, that's my list.
0: I love was- it, I'm here for it. Hey, listen, <laughs> you have experience doing videos and, and the beauty of what mainstream Drag Race has done is it has allowed these queer voices to bring their actual voice to music. There's a possibility for you to collaborate with all these people because they are bringing music to the world. So keep it out there, put it out there, it will happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm also really lucky to have so many queer artists in my life already. Like the fact that I get to, I've gotten to work with Laguna so many times. She's pumping out music. I feel like nonstop. Mm -hmm. Um, Jace Vegas, I just worked with at the Glam Awards, but Jace is hustling. Like Mm -hmm. that is somebody who's pumping out music, pumping out tracks, pumping out also like so collaborative. I mean, here, here's
0: what I would say I love Jace, I've known Jace forever. Um, it was really cool to see Jace have a focused performance mm-hmm. because that's not what Jace usually does. And to have Jace have dancers that actually supported their act, brilliant. And that's the thing Jace was missing. So you helped that.
1: And it was nice too because Jace brought in three of their dancers. So Evan, um jeff and jules were jace's dancers from previous jobs and actually evan jace and jeffrey all have their show at i believe rebar on thursdays Mm -hmm. Uh, so listeners if you want to support local artists check them out um but they were all great to work with and it's just nice because the energy in the rehearsal room for me i always want to be a good energy whether it's something is not necessarily going the way we want or like a concept's not going exactly how we want it to execute it or a picture in my brain is just not feasible, excuse me, feasible with the bodies I have. I need a good energy because again, art's really cool, but it can Mm -hmm. be really stressful if you put yourself in that scenario. And I, I like to do my best to steer even if it's starting to go downhill, like bring it right back to the positive. And that's actually one thing that I've really enjoyed about a lot of the queer artists I've been working with and have some fun projects that are coming up with. Um, Neon Calypso is another one. Definitely keep an eye out. She's got a lot of amazing things coming. Um, But yeah, and it's really cool to see. Like, for instance, there's so many new nightlife artists in Night of Life that I cannot wait for y'all to see Katrina, Adriana, and Kiki's numbers because they are doing stuff. They're bringing themselves to the performance. They came up with the concepts and everything, but they're bringing it to another level for this. And like, I'm just very excited for people to see these three new nightlife artists bring something new out because it's going to gag y'all.
0: <laughs> now, you said uh, Queens for the Cause is coming back in a new way. Yes. Um, you can pretend and say, oh my God, I don't, I don't know. No spoilers, <laughs> but we love to keep it local. Are there any local drag artists that you're excited to collaborate with in the future?
1: Oh, absolutely. I really want to work with Brenda Darling again. Hands down, one of the best people to work with at MIC. Mm-hmm. Hands down really enjoyed working with her. Um, I also would love to work with Egypt again after we did the dance nom number again, really great to work with also just a friend. So it's like, nice to see a friend, but there are a lot of people that I don't necessarily know aside from in passing or kind of in between, um, really, really vibing with Sasha Vanguard.
2: Mm-hmm
1: love what she brings to the table. Um, I also really, really love Mr. Email
2: mm-hmm.
1: really would like to work with them. I, um, who else? I mean, <laughs> as since somebody I'm always going to want to have after working with her, the little bit that I have. Um, but I'm trying to think of people I haven't worked with sure. before. Um, mm-hmm. Brie Bordeaux, mm-hmm. I would also like to work with. And then there's so much Brooklyn talent. I would love to get a chance to work with the Kate boys. I would love to work with Sweaty Eddie, especially seeing some of their stuff out there that they're doing at like House of Yes with, I, like I said, cartoon was one of the three words that I use. I just love what they do. I think they're so brilliant artist-wise. Yeah. Um, and then- Yeah, I would love to get some burlesque artists in there. I really liked the energy from Jack um, at the Glam Awards backstage. So I I have to say, I've not actually gotten to see them like in their prime yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm hoping to make it down. And then Megami, love to death, did a gig with her in New Hampshire, but haven't worked with her on any of my leg up stuff yet. Um, But I am 100% going to be, going over to my little cosplay queen and seeing if she'll jump on board too.
0: Let's play a little game. It's called This or That. I'm going to give you two options. You're going to pick one. I can't wait. Day or night? Night. Uber or Lyft? Lyft. Tea or coffee? Tea. Pokemon Scarlet or Pokemon Violet? Violet. (laughs) Heather Gay or Lisa Barlow?
1: Oh, Heather Gay.
0: Mary Cosby, Jen
1: Shaw. Ooh, Mary's just the right amount of crazy and delusional for me.
0: Erica gerardi or Derek Hemsley.
1: That's not even, Erica, that's not even contest.
0: <laughs> Taylor
2: Armstrong or Brandy Glanville. Ooh, Brandy, definitely Brandy. Kim Richards or Kyle Richards.
1: Uh, same level of delusion and love for Kim, but I have to go with Kyle longevity.
0: <laughs> Vanderpump or Rinna? Vanderpump. Beauty and the Beast or Miss Saigon?
1: Oh, fuck. Uh, beauty, it's not sad.
0: <laughs> All right, let's do some choreographers. Michael Bennett or Tommy Toon?
1: Ooh, Michael Bennett.
0: Susan stroman or Kathleen Marshall?
1: Kathleen Marshall.
0: Michael Kidd or Gower Champion? Mm, Michael Kidd. Bill T. Jones or George Faison?
2: Bill T. Jones, hands down.
0: Andy Blankenbuehler or Jerry Mitchell? Pass. (laughs) Jerome Robbins or Bob Fosse? Jerome. Love that. Music is universal. It brings people together and it helps give a little insight on a person in this game. We are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. So I'm going to give you a prompt and you are going to tell me the song that fits it for Daniel's ultimate playlist. You mm-hmm. ready?
1: Wait, say that one more time. I'm so sorry. I'm going sorry, to give you a song. Prompt. I'm going to give you a prompt
0: and then you're going to give me a song that fits that prompt. for you. Oh, ready.
1: great. I love that. All right. A
0: song from the first Broadway show you ever saw.
1: Um. Waiting for this moment, Tarzan.
0: A song that reminds you
2: of pride.
1: My brain just exploded with all of the music. Um, Thunder by Madison Rose.
0: A song that reminds you of home.
1: Uh, probably something Jewish. Uh, no, Avenue Q, um, internet is for porn.
0: All right, all right, I love that. A song that reminds you of summer. Oh.
2: um,
1: uh... and just so many. Um, randomly Fame by, actually, no, 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 no. That's a lie, that's a lie. Donatella by Lady Gaga.
0: A song you listen to in order to relax.
1: The Kingdom Hearts orchestral version of Simple and Clean.
0: Song
1: to remind you of your favorite movie. Oh, I don't really have a favorite movie. I guess it technically would be the Harry Potter canon. Um, I'm just gonna go with um, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now from Cats Don't Dance. Cause I just right. watched that.
0: <laughs> a song to remind you of your first crush.
2: God, my first crash. Well,
1: now I know they're a shitty person now, so I'm like trying, <laughs> trying to not, do, trying to not do what I know of them now. I'm trying to think back then. Um,
2: cool for the summer, Demi Lovato. A song that you sing in the shower. Lot of Whitney. Uh, <laughs> Let's go with either Queen of the Night or Million Dollar Bill. And the song that made you who you are. Oh my God, too many. <sighs> Let's
1: see feel like that just depends on like the mood I'm in to be completely honest. If I were to go with right now, maybe Sweetest Pie.
0: All right, I'm here for you. What is the synergy about the worlds of Dragon Dance that make it such a fabulous pair?
1: I really think this is like more an answer for like all art, but like I just think arts collaboration is so interesting. And also you can do so much more if you're like expanding to other things. Um, I think also movement with drag is already kind of a necessity. Um, And
2: I just feel like there's,
1: I don't know. I just feel like there's this way of like making every drag queen being able to perform at like the VMAs that could happen. Mm More often. I just think that it's one of those things where now that drag is in the mainstream, people are starting to realize that. But I just think drag is such an important craft that a lot of people haven't experienced. So, one thing that's been really cool working with the Queens over the past few years is like getting to collaborate with them and see how they want to enhance what they already bring to the table. And then dance-wise, it's really cool to bring in some sort of queer icon or queer energy to a performance. And it's almost like the dance part of it, you have to match to not just what their voice is, but you also have to figure out how to translate it to, like, let's say it's like a, for instance, like Hibiscus. If we're, I keep bringing up hibiscus. I think it's just because I was... I just love her. But um, hibiscus, like when she brings her numbers to the stage, it always still looks like hibiscus. And it's just another way to enhance your voice already. And it doesn't need to be like dancers dancer queens that do it like there are a lot of queens I've worked with that I don't think like they're known for their dancing but they surprise themselves with what they can do like you saw the Jackie Cox performance Mm -hmm. like she's I would say she's a lot stronger of a dancer than she'll give herself credit for it just looks natural when it's in her body and everything but like we brought that campy cabaret theaterness to a production dance number while she was naming every single list of nominee and she was still doing all the gestures and motions that the dancers were doing. And it just made all of the pictures just explode to the back of Sony Hall. So I just think dance is a good way to enhance an artist's voice in general. Same with musicians, same with even fashion designers and stuff like that. It's just a good way to bring another layer of, keep the audience on the edge of their seats.
0: Do you think it's possible or important for drag artists to have a choreographer or someone who can assist in their dance in their
2: back pocket for their regular gigs?
1: Trying to say this in the most polite way possible. Yes, please. (laughs) I think it's good to have friends or choreographers that will help you out because just because you can do a split doesn't mean you know how to choreograph a concept. There and it I'm is at that. <laughs> that I appreciate
0: fun. that answer. Uh, drag friends, there's your answer, please, please just reach out to your friends. They can help you. What is some of the biggest differences about choreographing for a drag artist compared to someone for either theater or commercial dance? I
1: really think there's a difference. To be honest, I'd say the biggest difference is making sure at least one of the rehearsals it's beneficial to like tell the drag artists to like bring their pads if there's lifts involved. So that way dancers can get accustomed to what that'll feel like it's very different ideology. Um, Honestly, aside from that, it's really not that different. As long as any artist comes in with a clear concept or a good mix, that's all I need.
0: What, what about height? You, obviously some drag queens, once they put on those heels, they can be uh, giants. Have you ever oh. had any issues with height?
1: No, cause I, I like to cover all my bases and I am always, I'll ask flat out the first time I work with people, how tall are they? And then how tall they are in heels and what kind of heels they wear. Cause obviously, <laughs> For instance, like Hibiscus is like a whopping three feet tall. No, I'm not three feet Uh, (laughs) She's like, even in heels, I would say she's close to like five, three, maybe five, two. Um, And she, there was one number where she wanted all shorter dancers so I can get that in her costumes. So it's just, as long as you know what you want, again, it goes with coming in with a clear concept tell me the dancers you want, and I will facilitate that. I think, I mean, usually that's not just the choreographer job. That's also like a job for whoever technically casting would be. But I just like to do that because I have such a large network of people. But I think as long as I know what their concept is and how tall they are in heels, that's all I need to know. But that's the same thing with musicians and Mm -hmm. like most theater lead roles are gonna require the female-identifying leads to be in heels. So. Absolutely.
0: We're gonna play another game. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or loved one for a small price, but each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. Welcome no. to the Cameo Game Show. We're gonna do the Drag Race edition. All right. Denali or Lala La Denali. It's Lala Ri at $109, Denali is $100. Gia Gunn or Nasha Lopez?
1: Not because I think it should be this way, but I'm sure it's Gia Gunn.
0: Absolutely, $55 for Gia Gunn, 50 for Nasha Lopez. Nikki Dahl or Kylie Sunique Love?
1: Well, Nikki hosts a franchise, so I'm gonna go with Nikki.
0: No, it's She Don't Got a Crown. It's Kylie Sneak Love at 150 Nikki's at 100
1: Fuck, okay.
0: Chad Michaels or Sharon Needles?
1: Uh, Chad Michaels, because I don't know that many people are asking for Sharon Needles as of late.
0: Which is fair, and that's probably why she's at $100. Chad Michaels at 75 uh, okay. Heidi in Closet or Tamisha Mon.
2: Ooh.
1: I'm guessing tie is not allowed. A tie is not.
0: <laughs> I mean, there could be ties. There could be ties.
1: I'm going to guess Heidi. I would probably pay more for Heidi than I would Tamisha.
0: It is Heidi. She is at $100. Tamisha is 60 Alexis Mateo or Alyssa Hunter?
1: Alexis Mateo.
0: That's true. $50. Uh, Alyssa Hunter, 45 Jasmine Kennedy or Carrie Colby? Carrie Colby. Carrie Colby is correct, $77. Jasmine Kennedy, $75. Deja Sky or Orion Sorry? Deja. That's correct. She's 30. Orion is
1: 25. Oh, Mrs. going back, Deja is another queen that I want to work with really bad.
0: I saw her on tour this summer um, when she literally had to fly in because um, Cameron Michaels was sick and her number was wild. She can play.
1: Yeah, she's amazing. I want to work with her really bad.
0: <laughs> uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis or Darian Lake?
1: Oh.
2: Uh I love them both.
1: I'm going to go just for the fact that she made it further on the show Darian Lake.
0: That's true $74, Miss Scotch Davis 25. Vivacious or Jasmine Masters?
1: <laughs> Jasmine Masters.
0: That's right, $40, Vivacious 36. Alexis, Michelle, or Dusty Ray Bottoms?
1: Just because I know Dusty better because I've worked with her and she's a sweetheart and I don't know Alexis, I feel like Dusty would keep it low so people who, like, are her fans from all of her Trevor project and conversion stuff. Since I know a lot of queer youth probably watch that, I would say probably Alexis more dusty, less so people could afford it more.
0: It's a tie. They're both at 44,
1: $45. Great. Good for them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Angeria, Paris, Van Michaels, or June Jambalaya?
1: June Jambalaya.
0: It's actually Angeria at $80. June is at 50 Tammy Brown or Angina?
1: Tammy. No. Yeah, Tammy.
0: (laughs) Tammy, $60. Uh, Angina is uh, $50. Robin Fierce or Irene Dubois?
1: Two queens I wish we saw more of, just to throw that in there. But I'm going to go with Robin. That's
0: a whole different conversation. Uh, Actually, it's a tie. $40 for each of them. Good. Marsha, 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 or Lux Noir London?
2: I.
1: Who I think priced themselves higher, or who yes. I would pay for more money? Who
0: priced themselves higher?
1: Oh, I think Lux.
0: It's actually Marcia at $50. She got a dollar up on Lux, who's at $40 million. Oh. She probably was like, I'm going to do more than you. Uh, and finally, how much can you get a Laguna Blue cameo for right now?
2: Oh.
1: I don't know. I like don't know what like fair pricing is because I've never... I don't know cameo. Um I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say maybe 35
0: listeners. She's a superstar on the rise. And this price reflects that $65 y'all she's going to listen. That's going to be low soon. She's going to, she's, she's exploding. Wait, I'm so
1: confused by these price points. Somebody did $24. and then listen, 66
0: what they, it, it, they can set their own prices it, it's a fun fun little place it's a fun little land there are random ass people on there lindsay lowen's on there 500 bucks to get a lindsay Lohan, um cameo for 10 seconds of saying hey happy birthday
1: like like
0: great business model what? right
1: i know right You put people on far too high of a pedestal. That's all this is proving to me.
0: (laughs) What makes New York City nightlife so special?
1: Well, one, I do think it can be, okay. So I think it could be more special if it was as celebrating diversity in the community as much as people claim it does. You can find a little bit of everything but I do think it is kind of bullshit that drag kings and burlesque artists, I feel like have to try that much harder um, to get in. But what I do think is really positively special is you really, there is in New York City an array of artists that give you anything that you could want. I just wish the nightlife community was as open as it tries to say it is. That's just reality yep. of I still think a lot of POC queens are kind of in the underrated world when they should be a little bit more respected. And I also think one thing that's kind of wild to me is like the level of delusion that some people have in New York, but it also makes it so fun. I feel like to Mm -hmm. be involved in the arts, you have to have a level of delusion. But I will say compared to other places in the country... One thing that New York fiercely can take the crown of is the level of delusion. It's amazing what we have in nightlife. I think you can only find a certain, like the number of fierce queens and kings and just nightlife performers in New York, I think is a different level. But that being said, other cities like Chicago and Milwaukee and Seattle in Hollywood, are also starting to rival New York a little bit. That's
0: true, I mean, speaking of delusion, if ever there was an issue or, or trouble or I, a true crime podcast, if the if if the text messages between myself and Jim Silvestri ever got released, oh boy, oh boy, we'd be in deep shit trouble. <laughs> the two of us and we we are the delusion checkers. Be warned, we we will check people's delusion. Oh my god.
1: where do you see this if you're gonna put yourself out there that way
0: (laughs) right I mean that's the thing like we Jim and I we see it all that's what our job is we we have to take note of what is happening who is happening and we see where people think they are and we're like well bless your heart
1: and you know what like I said New York does have some of the most talented performers and I think it has New York might have like the biggest number of crazy talented performers
0: yeah
1: yeah Where do you see the
0: state
2: of nightlife in five years? I think. Hmm.
1: Part of me feels like there's going to be like a really big shift. Are you talking specifically New York nightlife or you mean nightlife in general? In general. Um, What I hope happens is more drag artists aside from just Queens get the spotlight. Um, I do think there are so many drag artists right now, which is great. I'm hoping in five years that there will be more opportunities for the influx of people that there are in nightlife now compared to what it was five years ago. I think COVID birthed a lot of COVID babies um, in the drag scene, especially um, and burlesque scene that I think I'm not trying to say that a lot of them are going to be quitters, but like, I do think numbers are going to go back down a little bit because Mm -hmm. the people who did it during COVID thinking that they are it realizing now that we're performing live and not online. um, Some of those people are turning up and showing out. And then some of them are realizing, Oh, this is harder than I thought now that we're like doing the thing. So I think, I hope there's more opportunities and I hope we peter out the lazy people.
0: I gotta do our favorite game, everyone's favorite game. It's time for tea time. Where you are gonna spill some tea on some of your favorite friends, collaborators, board members, people you work with. I don't know, maybe you love them, you hate them. We're gonna find out. So you're gonna spill some tea on some drag artists you've collaborated with. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's start off with um, Coco Taylor.
1: First off, one of the funniest people, um, mm-hmm. I think she also just Coco is one of the few people that fully can walk up to me, be like, you need this. So I'm gonna do that for you right now. Or mm-hmm. when we're at like the leg up events, because she's one of our board members, she'll be <laughs> walking around and always she's so good about knowing exactly when is the time to actually like come up and ask something. Like if I'm running to put out a fire, she'll be like, can I help fix that? great. If not, she's like, great. I'm going to find somebody who can fix that for you. Or let me take care of this. For-. She's very, she's just so business savvy too, mm-hmm. which I truly just, she's so smart. And that is something that I personally really look up to her in a sense, because the it's not even just like, it's in everything. Like she's just smart with everything and the fact that her comedic timing is like practically unmatched makes sense to me because she's so smart
0: yeah ever since she moved to new jersey i've told her you have to change your name to coco Taylor ham
2: (laughs) next up is janae sequa
1: i like that that was good um (laughs) janae i love i think janae is somebody to look out for one hundred percent. I think she's really coming into her own. Like even the fact that she's sewing so much, I think it's great that she's already getting like a handle of how to make outfits for her body. um And it's been really cool in such a short time. To well, now that she's been, she's not something that's been doing it for like a year or two. She's been in the scene for a little bit now. But Janae is one of those people that I remember judging her at Ultimate Drag Pageant to what she's doing now. And she's always had that spark. And it's just like cool to see her over the years. And just anytime I see her, like, she's just always, she's not lazy by any means. She's exactly what I was talking about, where it's like, she is somebody that if she ever needs collaboration performances, I'm always down to help her out because she's lovely to work with. She cares about what she does. And she's just a genuinely good person. Shady, can be shady mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm. She will check you. I remember seeing her at a gig um, and she basically just, there was a woman who, I can't remember how she did it, but she like grabbed Janae's outfit and it like- Oh ma'am. So, and when I tell you, hosting skills, mama, she went right in, but did it in a way that was funny to everybody. Where it was like stern enough that the girl clearly knew, like, I'm never doing that again. But then also everybody was getting a good kick out of it. And at the end of the day, what's hosting if it's not getting the audience on your side? It's true. She's just, again, another one I love and I will work with any day of the week. Her and Coco. Next
0: up, Neon Calypso.
1: So Neon and I know each other from Boston. She and I have had many a sleepover, many a kiki over the years. She is like my sis. She will be at my wedding. Um, She is honestly a true example of trans excellence, black excellence, and drag excellence. I think she has so many big things coming for her. She's already like her nightgown's performances are phenomenal. You see just from the people she surrounds herself with, she is somebody that is going to, I think, really make a difference in the arts, period. Not just one thing. But also, I think she's very she's very good at communicating what she needs to give you her best foot forward. Absolutely. But she knows how to do neon. Like she knows her voice, she knows when it's growing and she knows when it needs to be done a certain way. And she's also somebody that I, if I ever need somebody to back me up, she is just as loud as I am and we will get you.
0: (laughs) Next we got Boudoir LaFleur.
1: Oh, I mean like dance the house down, really conceptual, super on her shit. She's just a professional. That's really the only mm-hmm. word I have for her. Just professional. Professionalism, professional.
0: Uh, we mentioned this bitch like so many fucking times. I wonder why. It's hibiscus.
1: I love her. Like honestly, love her. She she will tell you the tea. That is for sure. <laughs> if you need, if you need somebody to get you together, makeup wise or anything like <laughs> that, ask hibiscus because she will say if you ask her. I guarantee you she will give you every and any tip that will make you level up so easy. She she knows how to upgrade you. I'll tell you. So.
0: I mean, she's upgraded her daughter. Let's talk about Essence.
1: That bitch ate the choreo for the Dance Nom uh, mashup. Secretly, I will say that I think her section might have been my favorite. Um, watching it. Not a secret like, now. <laughs> oh. Not a secret now, but and eh, it's my choreo. I'm allowed to say it. Um, no, all of them did a great job. But I think Essence really... She just, like, did the damn thing. Like, she pissed on that stage during her section. And she, honestly, is such a sweetheart. And I will smoke that bitch out any day of the week. Also, last time we smoked each other out, we uh, got really fucking high and ate... So much food. So I just need a lot of friends that. I can do that with. I can never get a shortage of friends that will do that with me.
0: <laughs> I'm sure the next person would do it with you. It's Jackie Cox.
1: Uh, she's not a big smoker.
0: No, what about yeah. edibles? I can see Jackie having an edible having a great time. I don't
1: think I've ever been high with Jackie. Oh,
0: okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, we've had some sips. Definitely have some Of sips. course, oh, absolutely. Um... Super funny. She will, she's, I love that she just doesn't take herself too seriously. She's like very serious about not taking herself seriously, which I think is very interesting. Um, Another one who knows exactly what she wants. Um, And she's got a very strong voice. Like, I feel like, not that this means she's not like sweet, but like, I feel like a lot of people, like when they don't really know her, think that she would be very much just like, I don't know. Just one of those people. That's very easy to just like overlook or like not overlook. That's a bad word. Um, in a rehearsal room, like, Oh, like I'm not in charge if it's Jackie's number is what Mm -hmm. I mean. So it's one of those things where I think that people don't give her enough credit for the concepts and execution because Whether it's high budget, whether it's low budget, whether it's no budget, she will always turn out a 100% Jackie Cox phenomenal performance. She knows how to get herself in her best light. I will tell you, when when we've been in tech before, that bitch knows how to light. She says, I need light here. I need to not use this color. I'm wearing this. So let's stick to this color palette. And I'm literally like...
0: It's that theater background.
1: Yeah. And like when I so funny and also just like the silliest like and yeah. gives very good hugs very good absolutely
0: hugs. all right it's the queen of the digital age now on RuPaul's Drag Race season 15 Marsha, Marcia Marcia, Marcia.
1: <laughs> um so Marsha's done a few queens for cause um truly like the fact that she started so recently not started so recently she's been again COVID I always forget it was like so long but um she so is really great. I think that it's really cool that she knows her drag character. And it's been really cool to see, like, I honestly think it's very interesting when um, people who I've known before they started drag get into drag. Cause I knew Mm -hmm. who she was because she went to Boston Conservatory too, the musical theater major. And then like, I just like knew her vaguely through that like we didn't really like get to know each other because we were different years and also I think I left before she technically got there um but she did donkey show too and then on top of that she um when she started drag she did one of the virtual performances Mm -hmm. which was fun because she's super crazy flexible which is wild to me like her legs are just so long that like <laughs> when she just slingshots them up or like goes into a jump split, truly the jump splits hurt around the world. I don't know a queen who can go higher into the air before going into the jump split than her. I would say 10 out of 10 best jump split of the year. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, she's just really nice. I'm not like super, super close with her. Like I know the other girls who've named more but I've really enjoyed every conversation we've had. And I think that she's a very just honest and genuine person, which I I think is very important.
0: And finally, Laguna Blue. (laughs)
1: Um, She's doing great, great things. Um, She's releasing a lot of music. I think that her work ethic is really like, her life is her work. And Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, you can just see the evidence of it from her 60, what was it, $66 cameo? Yeah, uh, 65,
0: 65. $65,
1: I don't know why, 66. 69 would have been a better number. Um, But no, you can just see like, she is one of those people that I don't think needs a TV show to get where she wants to be. Nope, she's a
0: superstar. She always has been a superstar.
1: She always has been. And it's just like really cool to see her finally getting the recognition that she deserves. and I'm she's one of those people that I'm excited to see like where she goes in a couple of years.
0: absolutely. All right. I got a big question for you. What's her yeah. signature dance move?
1: <laughs> um I love a Shanae Ariel to whip okay. out. If, like I have to like throw a little party trick out there. Um I'm also a turner. so, I would say either shiny Ariel, which is just basically a cartwheel with no hands for those of you who don't know that the technical name. Um, and then, yeah, I would say I can whip out like five or six turns or whack my left leg to my head. Those are my... I love that. Yeah.
0: You've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of?
1: Oh, probably compilations of reality show fights or bad girls club or random dance videos or video game videos. I love to watch video game videos. And I also love just watching animation. So like anytime you do those cutscenes, I remember there was one time I, granted again, I was really enjoying myself in that moment. But um, I watched like a plethora of cutscenes from a few video games that I like. I was like really like sad for some reason. And I went down a YouTube hole of like watching like sad like moments in video game cutscenes or like in um anime history. And I was literally just like, why am I watching this?
0: <laughs> I get it. I get it. I am very, very bad when it comes to rabbit holes on YouTube. Some of the most random shit. And okay. It also depends on um, uh, what state of mind I'm in, so.
1: It's very bad. Um,
0: if I'm high, I love watching roller coaster POVs. It's my favorite thing in the world. It's so much fun.
1: Wait, I love that. Oh, I also love um, watching live competitions of the Pokemon tournaments. Mm, of course, yeah. I also yeah. love watching music videos, but that also might be part of the reason that I am on the creative side for so many music videos now. Um, I just love watching like all of that, it's great. Great,
0: when I drop my first EP in, um, in my multiverse world, sometimes you'll, you'll get to do the music videos. So it'll be, it'll be called Call Me Daddy, very fitting.
1: I'm excited. Let's so I
0: have, I have my previous guest asked my current guest a question and this is a question from Chicky Gorgina. Oh. If you wrote a book about your life, what would it be called?
2: Hmm, I feel like it would be some sort of play on Golden Girls, but, hmm. That's a tough question.
1: Yeah, wow. <laughs> Thanks Cheeky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um,
1: I don't know, Um, maybe like, I mean, it would be like pretty cool to just do like gold period. Like just like- There it is. Leave it at the last name. Just- I can
0: see the book art now. I can see it. Yeah. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question and it can be about anything you want.
1: Do I know who the guest is or- Nope. Okay.
0: No idea.
2: Um, If you were playing hide and seek, where
1: would you hide?
0: Oh, I love that. I'm here for it. I think. It's All right, we're trying to always expand the block talk family here. Who would you like to hear an interview with in the future?
2: Um, have you
0: had Jace? I I have had Jace, but I'm gonna bring Jace back.
1: I would love to see some of the burlesque performers. That we're back. I feel like chartreuse would be really mm. fun to have, really great energy backstage. Um, and then again, the cake boys were just like really lovely backstage. And I think you're really good about bringing in a lot of the new queens, so I'm trying to steer away from the them. But yeah, I would love to see,
0: yeah. All right, okay, it's a good list we got was, some good
1: ones, maybe Hanukkah we're going with a queen
0: oh oh she's been on we we got that Hanukkah exclusive whoof she's fun she's a fun one
1: yeah she's <laughs> she's football we're about to do a gig together and she's also in the list of one of my favorite people to work with hands down
0: I enjoy her because when I message her a joke she will actually laugh at it
1: <laughs> and you All know easy right. just need people to laugh <laughs>
0: exactly where can we find you on social media and Venmo? And again, remind everyone where to find Leg Up On Life.
1: Uh, to find me, you go to at DJP Gold on Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I don't really use it. Um, and then for Leg Up On Life, just at Leg Up On Life or you can go to leguponlife.com. If you want a Venmo, it's Daniel-Gold-5. And if you want to come to any Leg Up events or anything, just keep an eye on the social media. All of our stories always have the link to tickets or how to donate. So
0: yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so much fun to have you. Of course.
1: Thanks for having me.